0: What is going on guys? Welcome back to Chronicle Headlines. I'm your host John McGowan. Uh, we've got a pretty big election coming up, the Illinois midterms, and uh, I know that I personally along with a lot of other students really have no idea who to vote for, how to get registered, if I'm even registered already, uh, all that stuff. So I've got two special guests in this, not in the studio but on Zoom today. Uh, can you guys please introduce yourselves?
1: Hi, my name is Haley Patton. I am one of the voter registration geniuses working with Columbia Votes. I'm currently a film and television junior.
2: And I'm Carolina Ayala, also a voter registration genius with Columbia Votes. I am a creative writing senior.
0: Awesome, great. And uh, how are you guys? I'm sure this is probably a stressful time as like a member of the Columbia Votes uh, organization
1: yeah it's definitely grind time right now um, most voter registration deadlines for a lot of states have passed so now we're really focused on getting students their absentee ballots if they're from out of state making sure that if they are in illinois they're not registered to vote that they know what steps to take for a day of voting figuring out early voting and where everybody's polling places are
0: cool and expanding on that i guess uh Uh, what is Columbia Votes? What is the aim of this organization, all that?
2: I'll do our little brief introduction that we do uh, for our little presentations that we have. So Columbia Votes is a nonpartisan organization that works in Columbia. We have been working hard for almost four years now. Um, It actually began when I was a freshman, so I'm kind of lining it up with my education path. It's kind of funny that way. Um, But we are geared towards educating students about their rights as voters and helping them use and exercise those rights to their fullest. Um, And then trying to keep them up to date with as much information and resources as possible.
1: We were founded by communications professor Sharon Boyd peshkin And I think before the um, initiative was started in 2016, Columbia's voting average was resting at about 56%. Um, And the average voting for adults at that time and still is around 66%. So it was just about 10% below. But by the 2020 election, uh, Columbia's voting average was at 71.8%. And we're just hoping to expand that even further.
0: Yeah, I saw that article. That was like a really like, like super effective, I guess, like a really big number. Um, And uh, so keeping in mind, like, sort of the Columbia student body, uh, I'm sure a lot of us, like, probably struggling with money, um, very young. Um, what elections do you guys think might be might be the ones to keep an eye out for?
2: So in Illinois, the elections that are probably going to pertain most to these people um, will be the The attorney general's race between three different uh campaigns or you might be looking at the lieutenant governor's race um or even the governor's race that's going on um would you like me to get into the candidates or yeah please Okay, so for the Attorney General, you have three different candidates that are going on right now. You have Dan Robin, a Libertarian, um, whose campaign promises consist of universal ballot access and the role of education. Thomas DeVore, a Republican um, who supports state workers against vaccine mandates and testing policies, um, and a large part of his campaign is to end corruption. And then you have the incumbent Kwame Raul, who's a Democrat, um, and has worked long and hard for advocating of minimum wage, wage security, tenants' rights, um, and the Affordable Care Act. So that's the Attorney General. Um, And I think that these are important things to pay attention to for students in particular, because you're looking at people who care about your living wage in the area that you're in, you're looking at people who care about um, education, the role of education in the people around you. Um, and then you're also looking for people who are going to be ending corruption or influencing the exact people that are going to be determining policies of your day to day life within the city of Chicago and within the state of Illinois. The lieutenant governor's race is between two individuals, Juliana Stratton, the incumbent, a Democrat, um, who is a founding mem- founding board member of Chicago's Children's Advocacy Center. Um, and has served on the board of directors of the Juvenile Protection Association and leads the Justice, Equity, and Opportunity Initiative. And then her challenger, Stephanie Trussell, a Republican whose main campaign promises have been to address taxes and the safety of the community. Um, and I think that these are two important issues because again, you students are gonna want to depend on their community. They're going to want to trust the areas that they're living in um and they're going to want to know that there are policies and there are resources for them to reach out to that will protect them in their day-to-day lives. Um but then it's also important I think for students of Columbia to be involved in their community process as Chicago is a a very a myriad of communities and I think it's important for them all to to try to address these things and to be aware of these things with their campaign promises. Of course, with the governor's race, uh, the governor has large influence over the state of Illinois and also the policies that are are going to influence students' day-to-day lives. Um, And we have three different runners for the governor's position. You have J.B. Pritzker, the incumbent. He served a term already. Um, a Democrat, he has passed Rebuild Illinois, the largest investment investment plan in Illinois history to upgrade public infrastructure, um, expanded early voting and vote-by-mail measures, which is very important to a voting group like us, um, expanded the Illinois Human Rights Act, uh, and he signed off on House Bill 3653 as of late. Um, then you have the challenger Darren Bailey, a Republican who served in the House and the Senate. Um, whose largest campaign promises depend on his stances for state and taxpayer funding of abortion, gun control legislation, and property and income, ta- income taxes. And then you have Scott Mitchell Schluter, who is a libertarian, um, and his large campaign promises hinge on the decriminalization of all drugs, securing Second Amendment rights, and then supporting parts of House Bill 3653.
0: Uh, do you know, if, if is Darren uh, pro or anti-abortion? Darren Bailey. Yeah.
2: He is uh, anti-state and tax poor, taxpayer funding of abortions. So okay. he does not, he calls himself pro-life.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, I bring that up because I think the governor election is maybe the one election that students will, like students might be willing to take that one seriously without any sort of outside influence. You know, abortion is a big topic. It's the governor. We all know JB Pritzker's name. Um, these smaller elections, why should a student who maybe thinks that that has like no bearing on their life like it's like a very like small sort of like nothing election why should students care about those
1: yeah i can touch on that a bit um there's a lot of elections to be paying attention to which is why i think it's a little difficult for students to feel like they can be you know knowledgeable about all the candidates but all of these down ballot elections and the title is a little misleading because they are really important these are things like elections for school boards so these are the people who um, are deciding what can be taught in schools. I know I was discussing um, with a few people how they never felt like they learned about, you know, how the state runs or they never felt like they learned about things like, I, I no critical race theory is like a big discussion, but not like to that level, they just never felt like they were educated on a lot of matters that affected them on a day-to-day basis. So school boards decides what can be taught, what cannot be taught. Library boards are a big deal, they define what books are allowed to be in libraries, what are not allowed to be in libraries. State Supreme Court justices, among others, all also contribute to protecting rights that maybe are not federally protected. And you mentioned abortion, that being one of them in the state. And then also for roles like uh, Secretary of State, these are the people who um, help decide how we do voting and you know what the voting processes are moving forwards. So they're also really important. Um, I know that a resource that we really love that makes all of these candidates seem you know, less overwhelming for students or for anybody who's voting in general are places like Ballotpedia.org. Um, we love Ballotpedia. It's super easy to just pull up your district and then you get a list of every single person that you can vote for and it's nonpartisan and it gives all of their um, talking issues, who they're funded by, issues um, that they support and everything like that.
0: Yeah. I'll for sure. Check that out. Um, yeah, I think you've raised like a really good point on cause obviously there's these like sort of topics that are directly at like the heart of students, you know, but like all of the other elections, the ones about like, you know, local education and like public schools and stuff, it maybe doesn't affect like a Columbia student directly, but it's, it, it's what kind of like, it like affects the community around you, you know? And we all like live here in Chicago or for the most part live here in Chicago. Uh, and Whether or not it's personally affecting you, it's still like, you know, it's changing your world. Would you guys agree?
1: Yeah, and most of these definitely do affect your day-to-day life. I know we have a member of our team who's from Mexico, so she's not eligible to vote, but she still works with our team to help um, expanding voting access and making sure that everybody is able to vote because she understands that, especially with these local elections, the decisions that people around her are making are, you know, influencing public transportation, and, you know, her accessibility to that, and, you know, safety, um, abortion, taxes, everything that goes on, on, you know, account, even just like a county or on a district level, does affect you in your day-to-day life. And for a student who's not an in-state student like me, so like I'm voting in Georgia, because that's where I'm from, I still do want to promote um, voting accessibility, because I know that the people around me are going to be Voting on issues that influence how I'm going to be living here in Chicago.
0: Totally. Uh, and I just want to clear something up as Columbia votes. Uh, do you guys don't do endorsements or do you.
2: No, we are a nonpartisan organization. So one thing that we do like saying a lot at our presentations is that we don't care who you vote for. We just care how you vote and that you do it.
0: Okay, great. Yeah. Um, Then, uh, Haley, you said you're from Georgia, correct?
1: That's correct. Uh,
0: What would you say to students who are also from out of state? uh, They can't vote in the Illinois midterms. How can they help the voting process, uh, both here and how can they—is there any way for them to register to still, like, vote in their home state?
1: Yeah, so there's a couple different ways that they can still get involved with the voting processes. I know that voting registration deadlines have already passed in most states. So if they're not registered to vote, um, they may not be able to register to vote. In a lot of states, I know that in Illinois, you can do day of um, registering to vote and I'm sure Carolina can talk about that when it, a bit later when it comes to Illinois specifically, but if they are already registered to vote and they have not requested an absentee ballot, then they need to get on that ASAP. So for example, the Georgia deadline for sending in a ballot request is October 28th and that's for them to receive. So a lot of states have similar processes to Georgia where you have to go on the state website and then you have to print out a form and then mail it in to the, um, state office. So that can take a, a good amount of time to actually physically mail that in. So people need to be getting on that ASAP. And then once they have received your um, your application and approve it, which can take a number of times, it took me three times for my um, request to be approved, then you get mailed um, a mail-in ballot. So I just got mine and I just filled it out and I just mailed it. And that has to be received by, it varies by state, It could be from 5 to 21 days before election day so that is coming up right around the corner and you can find out those specific practices by just searching up vote absentee and then your state name and google or whichever search engine and yeah out-of-state students need to get up on that as soon as possible because all of the deadlines are passing really really quickly and if you have not Gone ahead and put in your absentee ballot request and you don't think you're going to have time then that's when you can consider um registering to vote here in illinois
0: gotcha um a different process for every state i assume or varying
1: yes and all of that can be found on your states um, on your state's website or you can go to vote.org and if you go to vote.org and go to the absentee ballot section there's actually a place where you can type in your state, and then you can get all of the information pertaining to your state.
0: Okay, yeah, that's definitely a super good resource. Um, Yeah, the voting process is definitely not uh, simple. (laughs) I think number one message is probably do your research and do what you can for your own state, right?
1: Exactly. And we're always here to help. Um, Anybody can reach out to us at vote at column.edu at any point in time. I know Carolina is hanging out at the Uh, student center on Wednesdays from 11 to one. So if you would like to reach us to ask for support, we can definitely help you with that. We have stamps, we can help you with, you know, physical forms, everything pertaining to that.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, And then I guess let's move on to the Illinois registering and voting process. Uh, Carolina, what can you tell me about that?
2: Right. So the Illinois voting process is very simple, Um, as our organizer likes to say, Sharon likes to say, um, Chicago and Illinois are very voter friendly. So you have until I believe the 28th to register to vote online, but uh, the, the 28th of October to register to vote online. But you can, as Haley mentioned, still register to vote in person when you go to the polls and you vote. Um, you just have to bring a form of ID that proves that you're you, and then you have to bring um, proof of residency. So it could be one of the letters that Columbia sends, or it can be a postcard with your name. If you have a library card, that's proof of residency. So it's very easy to just go to the polls and get registered day of in case you miss your state's deadline, or you just want to get a feel for how voting is. So you want to show up, you want to do it in person. That's totally fine. It's super cool. Um, so yeah, but online registration for Illinois ends on the 28th of this month, but you can go up until November 8th, um, in person to go vote. But if you need help finding a poll, a polling place, I believe we have a link for that. If Haley, you want to pull it up because I don't know where it is. (laughs) Um, but it's pretty easy to find your local polling location. Yeah. I was,
0: Um, I was going to say if they miss the register online date, they can probably just it, it, it So you don't have the link, they can just Google it, I'm sure, right?
2: Right, yeah. Okay. So you can just Google it, but
1: Haley, do you have it? Hey, there's a vote.org one. I don't know where a Columbia one is, but our vote.org is vote.org slash polling dash place dash locator. Or you can Google find your polling place. And that's the first result that comes up.
0: Okay, great. Yeah, big resource vote.org. And what was that other website you guys mentioned at the beginning?
2: Oh, ballotpedia.org.
0: Okay, yeah, both of those everybody should check out. Um, How can they how can students learn more about Columbia Votes?
2: Well, uh, like Haley mentioned, I do have a presence at the Student Center on Wednesdays, um, which I will keep being there for the duration of this first semester. And then once we get new classes in the next semester, we'll decide when I'll be there again or if somebody else will join me this time. Um, So it's very easy to just walk up to us uh, in the Student Center and ask for information. But we also have um, a website. I we have it under Columbia, which we can pull up. And I'm fun. It's funny that I don't have it pulled up already. Let's see. Uh, during convocation, we usually have a table as well where we just reach out. We do a lot of student reach out, but also we do go to classes all semester. Uh, if it's, it's slowed down substantially right now, so we have time to do fun things like this, but. Usually for the fall semester, we are going to all sorts of freshman level classes or 100 level, 200 level classes. Um, And sometimes we get invited to the 300 and 400 and that's generally where most people get their first exposure to us when we talk to them about all sorts of fun information, give them fun papers to fill out. Um, But otherwise it's really easy to just reach out to us for our email or on Instagram which we are columbia underscore votes on Instagram. Um, We have our DMs open so people can just ask questions. And we've recently established um, a presence on the Columbia Family's Facebook page as well. So we're kind of, we're a little, a finger in every pot we're trying to be. Totally,
0: yeah, great. Uh, Yeah, Mm -hmm. please, if you have any questions about the voting process, reach out to these people. Uh, Super helpful. Uh, To recap, the Attorney General, the governor's election, and there was one there was a, a third main election you guys brought up. What was that?
2: The lieutenant governor.
0: Lieutenant governor. Uh, super important, super directly affecting you. Please vote. Uh, do your research. Vote in all the other ones as well. And um, if you guys don't have anything else to add, uh, I guess... It, oh, let's hear it.
1: There is one thing that I do want to add, and that is student involvement on election day. Um, as a whole, which, first of all, November 8th is Election Day, if we didn't already mention that, which is a Tuesday. Um, I think that there are people working towards making um, Election Day a school holiday as well, but if you are available, poll workers are um, are in high need at this moment in time. So if you Google poll workers Cook County, there's a page titled Work on Election Day, And you can actually register um, and be trained for paid positions. So these are from $200 to $365 per day. So that's also if there's any students looking to make some money while also helping with the voting processes, you can do that. These both require training or on that same page, you can go to student involvement where they also have more college age positions. They're always looking for bilingual judges. The only requirements is that you are a US citizen and that you are either a registered voter of Cook County or are a college student with a GPA of 3.0 or higher and you can apply to work Um, as a poll worker or a poll assistant. And these are all paid positions.
0: Okay, great. Yeah. Um, Yeah, please check that out too if you want to get even more involved in the process. Uh, We like to end the podcast on like a sort of like fun, positive note. So I guess if I could get like a blanket sort of, like why is the voting process important? Why does it matter? Why should you do it?
2: Um, Okay, so... The voting process is important and matters because this is how our day-to-day lives are decided, is by participating in something that is a privilege um, and in giving our voice towards who gets to lead and who gets to decide our daily lives. And so it's important for people to participate and it's important for people to value the privilege that they get as a voter in this country.
1: And I know there's a point Carolina always likes to bring up during our presentations, which is that the largest population that is eligible to vote in the U.S. right now is ages 18 to 24, but we are not the ones who are showing up at the polls. The people who are consistently showing up at the polls and who are making the greatest impact on on making their voices heard are people 65 plus. So we always say if you prefer for the population of 65 plus in the U.S. to be determining how you're living your day to day life. Then by all means, don't participate. But we hope that you've been inspired at least a bit to get out to those polls and make your voices heard.
0: Yeah, great. That's I think a great motivator. Do not let the 65 plus win. But thanks so much for coming on, guys. Um, one one more time, where can where can students find you? What's your website?
2: Uh, okay, so we're at Columbia College, so clumb.edu backslash uh, columbia, columbia votes um so you can go out and find us there we have a sharepoint um that you can get information from but otherwise we are at the student center on wednesdays 11 to 1 at a bright blue table with fun posters everywhere and stickers please come get our stickers please
0: yeah please go get their stickers and thanks so much for listening to headlines uh i am your host john mcgowan please check out our other show the news and brief podcast listen to our full-on radio show on WCRX, and read the full articles on ColumbiaChronicle.com. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.